Welcome to episode 271 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about free speech. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and support the podcast by visiting truthquestshirtfactory.com, where we produce shirts inspired by various podcast episodes. Our free speech collection currently has two shirts in it, Disinformation is Free Speech, and The World Needs More Free Speech, Not Less. All shirts are $30 and offer free shipping. May I state the obvious? Free speech is under assault, not only in the United States, but around the world. But why? Because we are seeing a surge in totalitarianism in both political parties here in the United States, and they are emboldened. The decades of propaganda, gaslighting, and dumbing down of the public, which is made easy by the apathy displayed by our friends and neighbors, which is bred and reinforced by our relative affluence, and the perpetual distractions courtesy of the device we all carry in our hand. It's modern-day bread and circuses. Coming on the heels of the previous episode, 270, The Truth About the Political Spectrum, you will remember that free speech is not compatible with right-wing political philosophy, but it is a foundational component of left-wing ideology. They must squash free speech. They must disarm their subjects. Both are necessary if you want to successfully appropriate the people's natural, God-given freedoms and liberties. Humans are no different than animals. We both yearn to be free. Animals are not too fond of cages and fences, and humans aren't too fond of being told what to do by some corrupt bullshit artist who gets elected and his or her henchmen masquerading as bureaucrats. Here's a quick recap of recent assaults on free speech. As exposed by the Twitter files, the Facebook files, the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit, and the recent congressional report released by the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, we are well aware of government-sanctioned and or mandated censorship over the last few years. Then we have the recent poll that found that nearly half of President Biden's supporters, the left-leaning and liberal Democrats, are in favor of restricting free speech in certain instances. Keep in mind that these, quote, instances are never defined, which is a recurring theme among our authoritarian friends, family, and political overlords. Then we have the recent proposals by Republican candidate for president, Tricky Nikki Haley, and Democrat dictator, I mean governor, of New York, Kathy Hochul. The former wants everyone on social media to be registered. Specifically, she wants names. Again, please note, important details are left out. Like, with whom would we register, Nikki? We all know the answer is the almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent government, but Tricky Nikki ain't gonna say that quiet part out loud. Nevertheless, she claims this is necessary to curtail Russian and Chinese bots on social media. All in the name of national security. We don't need no stinking free and anonymous speech when national security is at risk. Everything is a national security risk. That's how it's described in the playbook. That's how we got the surveillance state we currently live under. The NSA spying apparatus. 9-11 happened and bam, national emergency. Note that Haley is not talking about repelling the millions of people who have flooded into the country since Biden took office. In their midst are known and unknown terrorists and others who mean harm to America. Is she talking about a mass deportation effort? Nope. She isn't talking about the real threat and 100,000 deaths by fentanyl likely driven by the Chinese. What are you going to do about that, Tricky Nikki? 
Instead, she feels compelled to articulate a foundational issue of her campaign, the national security risk posed by free and anonymous speech on the internet. She's concerned about words emanating from people's mouths, rather than real terrorists living among us. That's where the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, are, along with the Bush-Romney wing of the GOP, currently represented by Nikki. Getting back to Kathy, I want to be more like Gretchen Whitmer Hochul, she announced plans for the state of New York to surveil social media looking for hate speech. Continuing the theme, quite a few important details are left out, such as what is hate speech? Who defines it? What if I state the obvious and call Kathy an authoritarian? Is that hateful? Then I had an exchange on Truth Social the other night where someone argued with me that there is no such thing as free speech on social media. I'll address that issue shortly. Then we have the actions of Canada and the European Union, where the totalitarians that run those countries or regions are simply removing free speech. Hell, at least in the United States, we can point to the U.S. Constitution, which clearly states government shall not infringe on the right of free speech. What do the Canadians and Europeans have to push back with? Don't worry, I won't leave you hanging on that question. I'll address that in about 30 seconds. So, with all of these full-throated attacks on free speech, where governments are literally implementing speech codes and declaring wrong think to an extent that would make George Orwell blush, it behooves those of us who want to protect it to make a compelling argument because the propaganda lies in gaslighting, the dumbing down of the populace, is quite extraordinary, powerful, and effective. A large swath of our fellow citizens no longer value free speech. Consider this episode my contribution to making the argument for free speech. Whenever I make an argument, I'm always looking for the simplest, most back-to-basics explanation as I possibly can find, because the less complicated it is, the easier it is for others to remember. That's the KISS method of making an argument. Keep it simple, stupid. Here goes my KISS argument for free speech. Free speech is not a government-granted right. It is a natural, God-given right, no different than your right to self-defense, your right to worship, your right to privacy, i.e. no unlawful searches and seizures, your freedom of expression, your freedom of association, your right to private property, the right to be left alone unmolested by your neighbor or your government. The only role governments play in any natural God-given right is the extent to which they either violate it or protect it. Your level of free speech is directly correlated with your level of freedom and liberty. Thankfully, in the United States, the Constitution clearly states certain rights, like the ones I just mentioned. However, our government is constantly pursuing a drip campaign to violate all of our constitutionally protected rights. If we do not push back, we will eventually be no better than a serf. Free speech protections apply to offensive language, lies, misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. Would you like a glimpse into some of the future additions to the free speech collection at the TruthQuest shirt factory? How about this one? Anonymous speech is free speech. Hate speech is free speech. Censorship is a poison. The good guys never censor. No one has a monopoly over the truth. And finally, you do not have a right not to be offended. I know this might be surprising to the snowflakes out there, Language that you find offensive is protected speech. It's free speech. You do not get to shut people up because they offend you. Why should anyone give a shit that you are offended? You are a narcissist par excellence if that thought ever crosses your mind. Along those same lines, speech protections are not just for views you agree with. 
If you endorse censorship, you are an authoritarian or someone who is insecure in their ability to win an argument on the merits. So you are willing to use whatever power you have to censor dissent. And yes, that includes the Trump administration that started the unlawful COVID censorship debacle. Last I checked, the First Amendment does not have a pandemic exception. Before I let you go, I feel like I need to address two common yet ineffective arguments for speech restrictions. Number one is the claim that private companies can do whatever they want with their customers, including restrict certain speech, to which I would say, yes, that is correct. And the reason not to have a problem with that is people can take their business elsewhere. If Twitter or Facebook are censoring, close your account and go to another platform. No one is forcing you to use either of those platforms. However, if private companies are doing the bidding of the government, they are both in violation of the First Amendment. I mean, after all, government is a monopoly. You don't have the choice. If government does something you don't like, it's highly unlikely we would pick up and move to another country. As documented in the Twitter and Facebook files, Missouri v. Biden, and as outlined in the House Select Subcommittee report I referenced earlier, when the federal government colludes with a non-government actor, such as a social media platform, to restrict speech, both the government and the non-government actor are violating the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Because, although no law has been passed by Congress abridging the right to free speech as restricted by the First Amendment, the very act of government's involvement means the private company is acting as a government agent. As I explained in episode 222, the truth about the rescission of the First Amendment, the social media platforms are doing for the government what the government cannot do on its own, suppress speech because of its content. If sufficient evidence of this is properly presented before a court, the courts may very well invoke the state action doctrine, which will impose the restraints of the First Amendment upon the private companies or the non-government actors. The whole purpose of the First Amendment is to keep the government entirely out of the business of interfering with speech directly or indirectly. If Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Instagram are doing the government's bidding, then the First Amendment applies to Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Instagram, and they will lose their private property-generated ability to suppress speech. Jonathan Turley put it this way, quote, There is growing evidence that the legislative and executive branch officials are using social media companies to engage in censorship by surrogate. It is axiomatic that the government cannot do indirectly what is prohibited from doing directly. If government officials are directing or facilitating such censorship, it raises serious First Amendment questions. Any episode on free speech must include the takedown of one of the most often cited reasons to limit free speech, someone yelling fire in a crowded theater. The statement comes from Shenek v. United States in 1919, in which Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes stated the following on behalf of the unanimous court, quote, the most stringent protections of free speech would not protect a man in falsely shouting fire in a theater and causing a panic. The question in every case is whether the words used are used in such circumstances and are of such a nature as to create a clear and present danger that will bring about the substantive evils that Congress has the right to prevent. It's a question of proximity and degree, end quote. There are several key words and phrases in those three sentences that free speech authoritarians conveniently ignore, like falsely, shouting fire in a theater, like causing a panic, like clear and present danger and proximity and degree. Free speech does not permit you to commit aggression or harm someone else, i.e. cause a panic when people flee and others are injured. That is a tort. That is a crime. It's really no different than yelling bomb or gun in a crowd. 
The real takedown of this logically flawed argument is to point out that it is a non sequitur argument, meaning it does not follow that because a theater may restrict speech of those it admits through sale of a ticket, that the government must be empowered to legally restrict the speech of its citizens in general. I produced an episode recently on logically flawed arguments. Check out episode 262, The Truth About Bullshit Arguments. Remember, your right to free speech is a natural, God-given right. It is not granted by any government. That means regardless of where you live, America, China, Canada, Iceland, Argentina, India, North Korea, or Australia, you have the right to say whatever you want as long as you don't break a law, i.e. threaten to harm, libel, or slander someone. The only place for government in the free speech arena is whether they violate or protect it, which many of those countries I just listed above decide to violate, sometimes dramatically. And finally, as you learned from the last episode, the further left you go on the political spectrum, the less free speech is allowed. And that's the truth about free speech. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and support the podcast by visiting truthquestshirtfactory.com. 